It's the Friendly Fire Show, episode 160 for the middle-ish point of September 2020. I am one of your hosts, Steve from Survivor. I am Ben from Survivor, your other host. And we've had some big news here, Steve. Normally, I'd ask you how you are. I think it is Are You OK Day, is it not? Oh, you know, I, I, I almost <laughs> got through the entire day without anyone asking me because I'm not uh, great, but I don't like I'm fine, actually. Well, I'm not don't asking ask, because don't we, follow up. Yeah. We, we don't have time. There's been actual gaming news happened for the first time in months. I believe you last see my time. entire full glass of wine. Mm. That answers your question. Moving mm. on. This is an audio medium, but you've got a giant wine for the listener. Uh, last time <laughs> we were here, we speculated that maybe after Gamescom, we'd need to do a quick turnaround episode because things might happen. Nothing happened at virtual Gamescom. It was a total bust. But what happened instead is people just leak stuff on Twitter now, and that's how things are announced. Yeah. So then the internet happened. Yeah. Essentially, someone seemed to hack into Xbox's marketing assets or something like that. That seems to be the gist of it. And all of a sudden, the Xbox Series X, S, almost said X, but the S was announced. And we got a release date and a price straight away, which is $299 in the US and $499 in Australia. Correct. Uh, and Xbox just leaned into it. They pretty much announced it with a meme, a single meme post. Uh, the next day, they just said, yep, that's all true. Here's all the details. And by the way, the X is launching on the 10th of November as well. And it is $749 in Australia, which is a yeah. pretty good price, I think. So there's so much to talk about. Let's kind of just do that recap first. So pre-orders go live on the 22nd of September. Uh, the consoles, both of them launch on the 10th of November. They're essentially the same GPU. They have different CPUs, different RAM. Um, the long and short of it is that the Xbox Series S will target uh, up to 1440p and 120 frames per second, while the Xbox Series X can theoretically hit 8K, but is likely gonna be targeting 4K for gameplay and up to 120 frames as well. Uh, we talked about pricing, 499 for the S, 749 for the X, but if you decide you wanna go with Telstra and do the Xbox All Access uh, financing program, it's $33 Australian a month for 24 months for the S and 46 per month over 24 months for the X. And we did a comparison. You save about a hundred bucks off the top of my head. It's a little less than that on the S if you go the Xbox all access route because it also includes Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And it's like a 30 or $40 savings if you go the Xbox Series X. So, mm. so how's that for stats and figures? Well, that's pretty amazing in itself because I just assumed if you did all access, you were paying more as you would normally do for any loan, which it essentially is. It's like a two-year line of credit to yeah. get everything now. The side note to that probably is if you did what a lot of us did and you transferred your gold over to Xbox Ultimate, it would actually be a lot cheaper to have done that for three years and then um just buy the console outright so there's other options too but it is surprisingly cheap yeah you can randomly get like sales and discounts on the game pass ultimate but we just mm. went on the the normal i think it's like 15 dollars or so per month normal price one yeah. weird thing though is if you want to pre-order and this is in the faqs at the bottom of telstra all access you need to be a current telstra mobile or broadband customer so not the that average... you can yet though from what i saw you or can't you do some... it yet it just said yeah. will i be able to pre-order only if you're a, a current customer, which is kind of shitty, uh, especially being Telstra. I kind of feel like the people who would want to pay off monthly and not have that money available up front are probably not Telstra customers. That's a bit of a stereotype there, but 
probably. Yeah. Well, so the other thing to this is um, if you like video games, you probably have an existing console or two or maybe even three. Um, EB Games Australia will let you trade in your series. Nope. God, this is going to get confusing. Let you trade in your Xbox One S or X to get a Series X or S. Um, you can only go S to S or X to X. Uh, if you trade in an Xbox One S for a Series S, you can get a discount of 200 bucks. So you'll pay 299 instead of 499. Uh, if you go a One X to a Series X, you get a 350 uh, trade-in value. So it goes from 749 to 399 Australian, which is actually pretty good. Like. Mm. Because these consoles and the whole way that this Xbox ecosystem has been designed, you don't need the old console because the new one literally does what that does and more. So it's kind of a no-brainer to trade in. It's It kind of scares me thinking about the amount of people who are probably going to do this. And EB Games has gone completely online for the pre-order system. But then you do have the option of going to your store on launch day to pick it up once you've lodged this online claim. Which is kind of like, I don't know if we need to talk about that or not, but like, I feel like a lot of people are going to take this up. And I feel like there's probably yeah. not as many consoles as there are people wanting to do that at this point. I would say you need to pre-order pretty quickly because you actually get more if you're in the fine print. They mentioned EB World is stacks on that. So if you're a level four, you'll actually get 420 off, which brings it down to 329 for all that money you've spent at EB over the years. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think... I don't think these are going to sell out straight away. I do suspect that when the pre-orders open on September 22, uh, that the website might not handle it that well. And EB is, of course, taking a $200 deposit, which they've never done before. They normally take 50. That's what JB is going to take. So hopefully that deters some people who are on the fence who are just planning to scalp them. Um, but I would yeah. be surprised if we get to November 10 and you can just walk into a store and buy one. I think that's very unlikely. I think you could buy a secondhand Xbox One X because they're all going to be traded in. And that's not a bad, I, like, depending on what you have in your house, that might not be a bad idea. And we've talked about this, like, till we're dead in the face. Like, there's not a whole bunch of new games coming out, so you don't need to necessarily upgrade day one. No. And, like, I'm thinking about getting my nephew an Xbox because I'm the cool uncle who does this cool stuff. And, like, I know that they don't have a 4K TV. So what's the point of me buying him an Xbox Series X when he's not really going to use half of the hardware, I could spend half as much money, get him a Series S and it will work on his TV and he can play Fortnite in 120 frames. And I'm still the cool uncle. And like, it's not like I'm going to have to, you know, get all these abusive texts from my sister saying, why did you get this thing? I have to get a 4K mm. TV now. And I'm thinking, about, I'm almost thinking about getting a Series S for my office because one, my desk space doesn't, support that it's not really a fridge it's not super big but like the series x is rather large and i don't have a place in my office to really fit that anywhere and i'm planning on using my one i can never say that word right the 1440p monitor at 120 frames that's what i was kind of trying to use so it makes no sense to use an x if i can't hit the resolution of 4k and it's half as much like i don't know like what what are you thinking about all that do you have like a two uh, kind of thought or well, I'm going to have two consoles. So we're both in the very privileged class of the double Xbox I'm owners. going to buy 17. 
Uh, well, you probably have six. You have one at the office. You had a lot of Xbox. Probably ones. three. Just, uh, I don't know why. <laughs> just in case one goes uh, funny. Well, you need one for Phil Spencer to sign when you see him next time. Oh, exactly. I can't it. trade that one in, obviously. Or if I did, I better get like four times yeah. as much. Anyway. Uh, Sorry. I'm, I'm of the opinion that it's worth for the price difference. So in Australia, it's probably less than other regions. I think it's worth just getting two X's for the yeah. purpose of future-proofing yourself. Because, um, I mean, at the moment, you're not playing on a 4K monitor, but maybe at some point in the next six years, you may change your layout and whatever you're doing, you don't necessarily know. And I, as Microsoft says that this is a 1440p console targeting up to 120 frames, it wouldn't surprise me if there's some games which are locked at 1080 on the S uh, if you want to play in 120 or even 60 frames. And if you want to play 1440 at 120, you need the X. So yeah. I think there will be some of that happening. I think just for $250, it's for people like us, I'm talking specifically, it's not really yeah. worth it. Um, the more casual players, people who are just getting this to play Game Pass, absolutely, that's what the S is for. It's it's that affordable. It's maybe not quite as cheap as I thought. I thought the S might be 450 here, not 500. Uh, so it, it probably just misses that Christmas. We can afford it price for a lot of parents, I'd say, yeah. if they're buying it for multiple kids. Um, but yeah, I think there is definitely a market for that if that's what you're doing. The, the thing in terms of your nephew, if you were to buy that for him, I imagine there's going to be sometimes mom, auntie, grandma thinking, oh, I'll buy him a game for Christmas. Goes and buys a disc, can't play it because grandma didn't realize that. So I think that's probably the only thing Oh yeah, for kids. Because a lot of parents and, and relatives who buy games are not going to realize this is disc-free. So yeah, especially, yeah. Well, especially for clueless parents because it looks like it has a gigantic disc drive on top, but it's actually just a speaker or a vent. Yeah, what do you think of the look of it? If they if they turned that that black vent, which people are mm. calling a speaker because it yeah. looks like a speaker, into like an Xbox logo, it looks like infinitely better in my opinion. And they yeah. could have also decided to make it white, but I guess then maybe it looks too much like the Xbox One S. And that's They're definitely the differentiation. Gone the, the S is white, black is X system, so to keep that uh, just visual identity. But yeah, I think. I think you tweeted, I think a bunch of people tweeted the Xbox logo put on this and it seems so obvious that oh, yeah. why is it not there? They could still probably do it. These things are made. They can probably just spray paint the logo onto it. Like how hard is that? Uh, but yeah, I'm, I don't think it looks that good. I don't think any of these consoles look good. But having now seen all three models, uh, the Xbox One X is by, no, Series X is by far the, the best looking. I kind of like the look of the S only because in most people's, cabinets it's gonna sit horizontally mm. and it's gonna be in a cabinet so you can't really see that weird black circle on the top so it, it will just looks like it'll look like an xbox series s or an x fuck, xbox one s <laughs> you know what i mean tough. it's yeah. be tough saying all the things i think they put that there kind of to say try and red ring this you've you've tried like well yeah definitely a reaction to that well, I've given a lot of ventilation to Xbox One X's over the years and they've still managed mm. to go kaboo. So like, I don't know. Like, I feel like with the Series X, I don't know where I'm going to put it in my TV setup, in my office setup. Like, it's just going to have to sit like on a on a platform to the side of nah, something. I'm, I'm but then like, I think this, the PS5 is going to be the same thing. Like, it's too big and it needs ventilation. Like, and that's just kind of how this is working. If you want... 4k 120 frames per second like get used to it but like thankfully the way that they've they've engineered these things now it's, is that it shouldn't sound like a an airplane taking off in your mm. room which is good the last part of the announcement was 
kind of leaked and kind of got forgotten about in that EA Access, now called EA Play, is coming to Xbox Game Pass. So all of those old EA games that you don't play, you can now actually play because they're going to be easily accessible. Uh, and I think this is actually a really good get because on its own, EA Play is kind of worthless because you don't get new mm. release games. Um, and I don't think it's worth it for those games alone in the vault, but to have them available, I probably will go back and play some of these. So, well, And the thing that you also get as part of this is that you, you'll get a discount on new EA games um, and you'll get, in like the case of NHL, they usually give you like a, I can't remember, I'll say six. Like hours, and that's probably, they give you a certain amount of hour trial on the game but you can unlock achievements and stuff because you know that's all that's what i'm all about yeah, so, yeah, like you can access. actually like literally just play the game for six eight however many hours and if you like it then yeah you can buy it or eventually you, you can just wait and it comes into the vault and you can just play it later or you you know like you get your however however many hours out of it and you're done and it's not like yeah. you have to pay for this anymore because you're getting it through game pass you're not getting it because you're also subscribing to ea play i think it's great I'm going to assume a lot of people were not subscribers because otherwise, why would EA have done this? But I think they've revived it a bit doing this. All of a sudden, they get 10 million at least, probably going to double that next generation easily, 20 million players playing all these games. So I think it's going to work for both parties. And yeah. And they still get to control it. It's not like they're just mm. like putting games into the Game Pass vault for lack of, that's not what it's called, you know what I mean? They're putting things into their vault and they're doing what they want and they they govern that so they can choose whether or not the likes of like star wars what's that called god the new one squadrons, squadrons or fallen order jedi fallen order like goes into the vault or not like it's it's not like you know what i mean anyway it's good it's all good that's good uh that's pretty much all of the news we got from xbox uh i think they did a really good job overall they obviously were reacting to these leaks pretty quick but they had it ready to go for next week so it wasn't like they weren't aware uh, and I think it pushed things along because we were in a real stalemate and Xbox just pretty much had to say, all right, we're done. Uh, what do you think they have left to show before launch? They've got about two months. I don't I think they kind of, they, they can't, they did it. They went out with all of it. So like, um, in addition to the stuff that we've talked about, they said, you know, like Gears Tactics is definitely coming out on console on the same day. Um, Ubisoft kind of joined in and said like Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is coming out a week early to coincide with the launch. Like, I don't think Flight Sim is going to be ready. That's kind of like the only announcement I can think of for console. Mm. We know about, you know, like all the, the first party stuff that they want to enhance, like the Forza Horizon 4s and the, and the Gears 5s and stuff. So I don't, I don't think there's anything left. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Like, I'm, I'm still kind of excited for all this. I'm like just happy that we have a date. I'm happy we have prices. I and think, I'm happy to see, I'm not happy, I'm excited to see what PlayStation will do, not in retaliation, but like to counter this. I don't feel like they're going to have as nice a price point. I think all Xbox has left really is they need to tell us how much the expansion cards will cost because the oh, yeah. S, which is a digital only console, launches only with 512 gigabytes. So enough to install about two and a half Call of Duties. Uh, you can, of course, install on a normal uh, USB 3 drive, but you can't play any new games from that. You can play your backwards compatible games from it, but nothing new. So they really need to tell us how much this costs. Uh, and I do think they might have one more game to show. I think it will be minor, but I think they'll have something else to pull into the launch time frame. Okay. What? I don't know. <laughs> but 
on the basis of if we briefly look at the Nintendo model, they are announcing games in some case two weeks out, but generally this year it's been like a month or two months out. So it's still yeah, plenty but of time. Their games the aren't like time game games. We'll get to that in a little bit. They're not yeah. like so. What like you think we're going to get like a a Miles Morales of of the I Xbox world? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe like a Gears? It would have to be a Gears because it's not going to be Halo. It's definitely not going to be Halo. No, I don't know. We'll see. There are several studios Microsoft have. A lot of them are working on multiple projects. So there could be like a Bleeding Edge style kind of little team game. We don't know. Yeah. That's speculation. And there's a lot of Ubisoft stuff coming out in and around and after, which is obviously multi-platform, but like I feel like they've kind of hitched their wagon to the Xbox uh Absolutely. Car. That's, that's think, a bad analogy. And also like Cyberpunk 2077 comes out a week after the Xbox series consoles come out. And obviously that's multi-platform as well, but like mm. Xbox has put a bunch of marketing spend into that. So like, I don't, I honestly don't know if there's anything else coming. Valhalla is essentially launch title now and that's fine because I want to <laughs> play these new games in the best way I possibly can. So will you wait to play Cyberpunk for a week? Uh, or will you just start on Xbox one and pick it up? Which I think everyone's going to do. Probably would just do despite that. Despite what they say. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so. Uh, what do you think PlayStation will do? You mentioned it just before in response to this. I don't know. They need to talk about backwards compatibility. They need to mm. give a price. They need to give pre-order details. They need to identify, I guess, if the PS5 all digital console is literally just the same thing without a disk drive if there's more to it. And I feel like they've already kind of said that that's the case. Yeah. So they're going to have to justify their price points compared to the Xbox price points, which I feel will be higher. Um, You think it's going to be more than 749 or more than the... I think it'll be 800. 800, okay. For the the, the disk drive one. The diskless will be like maybe 700. Yeah, I don't even think it'll be... I think it'll be like 750. For the I think one. so. A disk drive to them because is what like ten bucks. Yeah, so they'll charge fifty in my mind. I think they're willing to lose a bigger proportion on getting that digital console in your hand because they always get that digital store sale. There's no pre-owned games, so they're willing to take a bigger hit. So I I agree. I agree. In that case, I know we're not talking about Xbox, but we are at the same time because obviously it's like how do they retaliate or how do they respond if. PlayStation comes out with a PS5 disc version, as an example, for 750 Do you think Xbox would contemplate dropping the price of the Series X? No, because they've already kind of made their official announcement. I don't think they, they can now. I think they've kind of said this is it. If PlayStation come out and say we're you know, 600 like they're just unbelievably lower, <laughs> I, and I think Microsoft will have to respond then. If anyone goes that low, they're shooting themselves in the foot. They're already losing money at 750 I imagine, Xbox. So I can't see PlayStation yep. with this custom SSD, which is apparently the most expensive thing in the world, being being able to take a giant loss. So, Yeah. Well, Sony can't... So, like, Sony, as, as the corporation and as PlayStation, can't take a giant hit. Microsoft can. And Phil Spencer's been on record saying that he has, like, Satya Nadella's go-ahead to, you know, like, be competitive. So I feel yeah. like if... If Sony lowballs, I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft does in turn, at least on one of the consoles. And I feel like maybe the S is kind of already like that with the cards on the table, but it'll be interesting. I I, I really want to know the PS5 price because 
there could be a whole bunch of stuff that just happens because of that, or it could just be like, this is the landscape. This is where we are. The PS5 but, won't get anywhere near the S. It'll be, can it beat or match the X? And I don't, I don't see it happening. I think if they were going to even match it, they would have announced already. Xbox yeah. is gone. I think if they were going to say, boom, we're 700, they would have done it. Um, I think they're in probably, not crisis, but they're in meetings discussing what do we do with our 850 console? Like that was our price. We're ready to go and announce it next week. We can't do that now. Like what are they going to do? They're probably trying to think how low can we go? Can we match Xbox? Yeah. Well, and like the crazy thing is, and I know it's not about the <laughs> CPU because it's really the GPU that's, that's the important bit, but the Xbox Series S has a better CPU than the PlayStation 5, just like straight out of the gate. So mm. it's weird. Like I can't imagine... I don't know. I don't know what to expect. This is such a weird time. It's like, it's, it's crazy, like next gen console time, but it's also like weird COVID times. Like, I just, I don't feel like I know anything about what's going on tomorrow, let alone next week. So I'm really excited mm. to see what happens. Uh, Hopefully at a respectable time though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. What do you, Speaking, is, what are we up to here? Speaking of next week, <laughs> not next week, t- Speaking tomorrow. Of tomorrow, tomorrow, which is actually today by the time you hear this, Yes. forward would have happened but yes, in our world we're definitely right now, not getting up at five in the morning to post this until at least seven or eight o'clock when i wake up in our world right now it's not yet happened and yet you have watched a bunch of stuff from it and i've seen a little bit oh you've seen like one thing less than i have and i can oh, talk okay. to that but we'll get to the two things that we've talked about so we got we mm. got early access to three games the first is prince of persia the sands of time remake which before the time of this podcast was already outed by a Russian Uplay banner advertising the game. So whoops. Um, Immortals Phoenix Rising, which used to be called Gods and Monsters, um, which similarly was kind of outed by an Xbox.com listing. And um, the completely unspoiled at time of recording Riders Republic, which we'll just save to last. So Ben, you've, you've seen these things too. What do you think about mm. the Prince of Persia remake? Uh, so Sands of Time is actually a great game. I played it a lot on GameCube, I think. Uh, and I played it, weirdly enough, about two weeks ago on Xbox because I think it was a Games with Gold game, which mm. has now been upscaled to 4K automatically on uh, 1X. So I played it to see what it was like. It is unplayable. It's from that era, 2003, where with no changes to the controls, your brain just can't do it. Um, I remember Cam- it being camera, a great game. Camera problems yeah. and control, camera or? problems because it's a. Uh, I don't know if you recall playing it all those years ago. It's that I, I played it on Xbox. Mm, pretty simple. Like the original. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the version I played right now. Essentially, and it was exactly of Xbox original. Of course. Yeah. Sorry. Um, because you're doing a lot of wall running, you, like the combat was okay, um, but the having to do those quick jumps and jumping in the right direction with a dodgy camera by current mm. standards, it was tough. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think I think it's a good game to remake. I think this is Ubisoft's first remake. That's what they said. Uh, first full fledged one, anyway. They've done like Prince of Persia classic. They've they've done the Sands of Time, but it was like a remaster, not an, an actual remake. Oh, okay. So in the, in their mind, anyway, they they they're billing this as their first proper hmm. remake. A little bit weird that it's only on. It's coming out in January twenty one, but it's only on at that point last gen. There is no Series X or PS five. Uh, versions, but we're yeah. in that weird time. This is a very different console change where all your old games work, so it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, like I talked to them about it, and I like I talked to a senior producer and the game director, I think, 
and they kind of addressed it like you'll be able to play these on next gen with back and pat but then like when i sent you behind the curtain stuff woohoo i sent you the i shouldn't have recorded it but i did because it's internal usage only so deal with it i sent you the recording of the brief that i got and if you look at the cases they've put the xbox case behind the ps4 case and the ps4 Mm -hmm. case says ps4 and the xbox case is that new style that just says Xbox and has that little banner that has like the different consoles along like the top. So it might be smart delivery, but they didn't confirm that. Mm, I don't think so. And I've only noticed this like in the last couple hours, but like, to be honest, it looks like it's a game that was developed about 15 years ago. It looks kind of garbage if I'm being honest. So like it's, it's one of those games where it's not, gritty realistic using like all the technology of the current gen it's kind of like cartoony and invoking a style of the old game so it doesn't yeah. really matter what princess persia was uh if this is hdr compatible 4k which it is anyway for the one x yeah. that's pretty much all they're going to give you maybe a higher frame rate rate which the xbox series s can do automatically to backwards compatible games yeah so you're pretty much going to get what a generation ago a frame rate bump like that would have been a remaster buy it again this is happening automatically without them even releasing the series x version so i don't think it really matters i don't know if the box art is the easiest thing to read because like the dodgy call of duty upgrade edition whatever that is there's yeah. one which doesn't upgrade and one which does and they have the same box essentially with the series x and one both written on them so that's confusing yeah and like legitimately they just said you can play this on ps5 hmm. and xbox series x via backwards compatibility so like from from the mouths of Ubisoft Pune and Ubisoft Mumbai. Um, also the first time those two studios have taken the lead on a game and maybe that shows in the way that it looks, but I'm not trying to, like it, the, the way that they talk to me about it, they're super jazzed. It's like a love letter, not only to the Sands of Time, but a love letter to like India and um, Anukul, Anukul, who is the senior producer on the game like it was like we we've worked in the studio for 15 years we've supported all these other ubisoft studios like ubisoft does like you you know you help in like 15 different games like i did the sailing in this i did the combat in this they've worked in india and to them like this is proof that you can have a game career like a career in the games industry in india and it's like they're so excited about it so like it looks a little bit like dodge but if the gameplay is really good I don't care and I'm, I'm all for it. So I'm, I'm kind of critiquing it and feeling guilty about it, but also like that's what we're supposed to do. But I'm like excited that I hope it does really well because it looks kind of cool. And yeah, I do I, like the Sands of Time as well. So I think it looked fun, but it looked very old. I suppose <laughs> it is an old game, but yeah, we'll have to see. It shouldn't look old because it's the new one. <laughs> um, randomly, a, a, a look behind the curtain. We didn't get any assets for any of the Ubisoft games ahead of the embargoes. So I've just used old assets. So in our Prince of Persia articles, I've used like a picture of Jake Gyllenhaal from the movie. I've used some old pictures from the Sands of Time original games. Immortals Phoenix Rising, which is the next one we're gonna talk about, it leaked on xbox.com accidentally. So I've used those screenshots. So they're they're current up-to-date screenshots. Mm. Uh, If you have heard about Gods of Monsters, which came out, out, was announced at um, E3 2019, it's by Ubisoft Quebec. It's the same team that did Odyssey, and it's the same kind of Greek mythology um, set in a kind of stylistic cartoonish world, but not the cartoonish of Prince of Persia, like a, a current gen or next gen Prince of, or cartoony style. Um, 
Ben, did you notice the elephant in the room as quickly as I did mm. when looking at this game? I think these guys have played a little bit of Breath of the Wild because it is... <laughs> just a little bit. In gameplay, in aesthetics, in just general tone and vibe, this is... Even in the color palette, this is in exactly every the same. single aspect, mm. apart from it has Greek mythology. Even the levitation of blocks and things to solve puzzles, that is exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, the item use is pretty much the same. The action-adventure platforming is exactly the same, which very few games actually do that. You get a lot of action-adventure games, you get a lot of platformers, but combining them like this is very Zelda. Uh, and this is what this game is too. So they've certainly taken inspiration. I would say it's more of a homage style, if you will, to a game <laughs> we really like. But they've certainly said, hey, that's a good game. Why don't we do that? They've done a little bit of the old, hey, can I copy your test? Sure, but don't make it too similar. And accidentally made we'll it be Greek. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> but, but like, even like you pick up an object, it's like, da -da -da -da. well, it's not like that because that's exactly Zelda, but it's do, do, be, yeah. da. Like it's different, but it's not. It's, it's the same damn thing. But that's fine. Like the Breath of the Wild was amazing. We want the mm. Breath of the Wild too. This is more of the same. If you liked the kind of Greek mythology aspects, and I did because I did that at university and like, my husband loved Odyssey and got into that. He read, there's like Stephen Fry wrote a book about it. Like there's that aspect and it's the Breath of the Wild kind of gameplay. It's not like groundbreaking, but it's engaging. It looked pretty cool because Breath of the Wild's great. No need to improve upon one of the best games this generation. <laughs> uh, and that's locked away on Switch. So a lot of people on Xbox and PlayStation wouldn't have played it. They're not going to oh. notice, maybe. <laughs> This is coming out on Switch too, and honestly, mm. I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to cope on Switch, but it's also coming out on next-gen and current-gen and PC, and Stadia were available, so. Mm. In December, uh, 10th or something along that line, I believe, so. Mm, okay, and is the third game worth talking about? What's that one? That one I'm unaware oh, of. Uh, it's called Writer's Republic. It's by Ubisoft Annecy, who did Steep. It's steep, but instead of just having snowboards and wingboards or wingsuits and skis, you also have, oh, you don't even have skis, you just have snowboards and wingsuits. You have rocket suits, which is not like the Rocketeer, which I was very dismayed to hear. It's like sort of a wingsuit with like some sort of, it's not like a rocket on the back, but like some sort of propellant um, and different bikes. It's set in the US across like flatland in the desert and there's snow nearby and it's like steep, but not steep. They're kind of like, uh, really defensive, if you call it, like a steep remake or, or like a steep uh, sequel or something. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 that. Do, do you remember steep? steep? No? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do you remember, remember Riders Republic. So, uh, there you go. I, I do remember it. I, I played it for like five hours in the Ubisoft offices and I never played it again because I got everything I needed out of it at that time. That That's steep is, for me. That is it. So, there you go. Um, Crossplay, 50 players on screen on current or next gen, uh, 25 on current gen. They're talking about doing crossplay, but it sounds like they're limiting the frame rate on next gen because there's crossplay between generations, and they don't want to give an advantage to mm. next gen. Which is like I don't know. Like this is th these are the weird questions we have, and that's kind of the only like intriguing bit of the game to me. Like those types of things, and that's more like general. How is cross things instead of like this game? Yeah, so that's what it is. 
to jump back to some old news from a whole week ago, Nintendo finally announced their plans for this year. Long leaked. This is probably one of the earliest leaked things this year is that they are releasing a Super Mario All-Stars 3D, which is a, I wouldn't call this a remaster. I would call it an up-res port of Super Mario 64, Sunshine and Galaxy. It's a Nintendo of a Nintendo game on the next step up, basically. Uh, well, this is actually still only the second time they've released games in HD that weren't previously, but with the two Zelda games on Wii U, they at least remastered them. They did some oh, yeah. work to them. Hmm. The only work that I can see here really is in 64, they have changed some 2D assets and like changed his, the M on his hat and his eyes. Otherwise, it's just straight 720p, not even 1080. Yep. That does make sense because it is... Um, just three times the normal resolution, which was only 240p. So in your mind, these games are clear and they look great on your TV, but they were blurry as hell. Yeah. I uh, want to say more, but I can't. Remind mm. me not to say more, Ben, until the 16th of September. <laughs> I can say more. I can Good. say what I think. Uh, <laughs> Sunshine is actually a really good game, but I haven't played it for a long time, and I recall it being very hard. So they've changed that to widescreen. This is probably the main complaint people have about this, besides the fact that people thought that maybe Sunshine and Galaxy would be up-res and uh, 64 would be a full remake, kind of like the Tony Hawk, the Spyro, the Crash, which yeah. hasn't happened. The Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. It looks about the same as Sands of Time, I would say. <laughs> 64. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think Sunshine does look pretty good from what I've seen. It's playing in widescreen. I wish I could ask you how... The flood mechanics work because on GameCube you had a analog uh, uh, shoulder buttons so you could just use like 20% if you wanted to and a lot of puzzles needed you to only use like 50% or 70% uh, to kind of conserve water but the switch buttons are digital triggers so they're either on or off and I would love to know how that works. Uh, I can't tell you that at this point in time. Galaxy, we already know that the... Galaxy the, is the goat, by the way. Galaxy yeah. is flipping amazing. Galaxy is great, and they've made it so that you don't have to use uh, motion controls in the same way that you did on uh, Wii. Like, you had to shake the Wiimote to spin. But you but can. You, but you can. Yeah. So that's a genuine improvement right there. It's much more playable. I'm sure it looks great in HD. So that's a winner. Um yeah, I think the complaints people have is they didn't make 64 widescreen, but they did for Sunshine. And there was a port, like a native PC port this year, not an emulator, like not an emulator version, an actual native version on PC, which was 4K widescreen. So it can be done. Nintendo chose not to do it. And also Galaxy 2 is no almost Galaxy as good 2. as Galaxy 1 and is nowhere to be found. I actually think Galaxy 2 is better than Galaxy 1. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, it's very, I think there were rumors that they were including it and it came out and there's an obvious spot on the box art for it. So, hmm. um, well, and the weird thing about this game is that it's, it's, it's being limited. Hmm. It's, it's like going to the Disney vault, except the Nintendo vault. So at the end of March, 2021, you've got six months to buy this game. Yeah. Really sucks if you're getting a switch for your birthday in May. Um, I think there's a few reasons potentially. So there's a few rumors I've heard. This is actually all speculation. There's no substance to it at all. Some saying that uh, Nintendo 64 will be added to Switch Online next year and Mario 64 will be one of those games. That would make sense why they didn't make it widescreen because if they found a way to make a 64 emulator which can just automatically bring everything up to 720 and that's what this is running on, then that's the obvious easy solution. And maybe the other two are running native living on Switch and not emulated. I assume that's what's happening. I don't think Switch could emulate a Wii game. Um, mm. But it probably is the 64 game, which is why they couldn't 
change that, but they could for Sunshine. And then they're going to just sell you those two games separately plus Galaxy 2. Um, or it's just that, you know what, for the 40th anniversary, they want to sell you a version of this again, which I think is also very likely. So, yeah, it's very Nintendo. It doesn't really make any sense. I get the physical version being limited run, saying this is a special edition, but the digital one doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Nintendo. Uh, also, we had another 3D Mario game, uh, Super Mario 3D World, plus Bowser's something something. Bowser's Fury. So that's coming in, I think, February next year, or was it January? Something like that. Next this year. Next year. If we even make it that far, guys, <laughs> let's be honest. Nintendo has dipped into the uh, bag of Wii U games they can port over. They've got about four left. Mm. And... Their other announcement this week was Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, which is a prequel in story terms to Breath of the Wild, but a sequel in gameplay terms to Hyrule Warriors, which was an okay spin-off, but nothing that excites me. And the other game coming out at the moment is Pikmin 3 Deluxe, another Wii U game. This collection of ports and re-releases is making me think there might be something to this rumor that there's a Switch Pro coming out next year. That's been around for ages, that rumor. Yeah. Apparently... Well, then- Apparently, Nintendo told developers uh, this month that they should start preparing their games to output, I'm going to say not natively, but upscaled to 4K. So that seems like something's happening. And it would make sense for them not to go direct against the PS5 and the Xbox Series consoles just to wait another six months or so. Uh, So basically, get saving. Well, yeah, I I don't know. I just... I like Nintendo, but like, le- like legitimately every time the console iteration goes up one step, Nintendo decides to stay one behind. step behind. Like it's That's just, their it's business model for ages. Yeah. And like, I get, I get the appeal of the Switch and that you can like walk around with it and do this and that and the other, but like the furthest I've taken my, well, and okay, I know we're in the middle of COVID, but the furthest I've taken my Switch right now is to play like some game i can't talk about until the 16th of september on my balcony instead of Mm. on my tv like literally just to see how it played on my balcony instead of my tv like i I don't feel like taking a 500 hundred dollar piece of hardware out on the street just randomly to play in the middle of a park or something because one the sun glare is too hard like it's just like i like the idea of the switch but it's i don't think i'm gonna upgrade to a 4k version anytime soon especially after dropping all this money on a playstation or a, an xbox or a nvidia rtx 3080 gpu etc etc or like a new monitor to, to play my 4k 120 frames games on my new hardware like it's just there's so many costs a slightly better switch right now is not on the cards I'm a sucker, so I would buy a slightly better Switch as long as it's more comfortable because the Joy-Cons are not comfortable in handheld mode and it has a better battery, which they've actually already done. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a fool. Now, well, amongst... We're 40 minutes in. We're doing pretty well yeah, then. Amongst all this news, we actually have been playing a few games. Even I've been playing a few games. Not that I've been writing about any of them, but I have been playing them. Uh, and one game which I don't really like and you have suggested is horribly broken is... 3 out of 10. Marvel Avengers. I actually don't hate it, but I'm, I just don't like the direction they're taking. How far are you in it? I don't think I could say without spoiling things. You're in the campaign. Yeah, I'm yeah. in the campaign still. I don't have any uh, intention of moving beyond the campaign. From there is what I'm trying to get at. It, it, it goes downhill from there. <laughs> That's where I'm going to stop. I don't mind the story. The single player missions are good. I don't understand why I'm opening so many loot chests in the campaign. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
Um, yeah, so actually, I don't really mind it. I really liked the opening. I thought that was very strong. Oh, for sure. Like that, 100%. That was, uh, it, it showed a lot better of a single player campaign than the um, demo, basically, that they released. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's losing me a bit with how samey it is, how you just need to beat some more robot goons constantly. There's kind of a bunch of cool missions. And then as a lot of these games get sucked into with the pointless side missions to go get some loot, and I don't get why I'm doing that in what should be a great single player campaign. The cool bits are when you go and recruit all the different people in the Avengers team. And then that goes away and you go into a hive or you go into a, an aim hive, an office building and just go through floor after floor after floor of beat generator A, B and C or stand on hacking spot A, B and C or beat all the people with shields. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a great grind. And I'm literally at the point now, and the achievements were so broken, I don't have half the achievements that I should have earned through normal gameplay. And I literally do not have a single objective left in the game. So it's like, what do I do? Like even Destiny will just throw you quest lines and stuff to keep you busy or give you at least exciting strikes or side content with like actual storyline that is beyond go into office tower and go floor to floor to floor to floor doing things like you go in destiny like into mercury's pyramidian and you go through like these weird time fluctuations like there's all this cool stuff and like avengers is literally just pick a thing and do something and to make it even worse i've been playing um and like enemies just disappear Enemies that you need to kill to progress just disappear. So you can't progress. And if you restart the checkpoint 10 times, doesn't fix anything. Um, you fall through the world. And so like, there's been a new patch that, ca- that came out that has fixed some of these things today as of what, the 10th of September. But like the game has been out for a week or a week and a half, depending on if you had early access. Like it's, I don't know if you give like a, a bit of a free pass for COVID and like, you know, like, uh, yeah, okay. Or if it's just like, no, you should have had this sort and tested in testing. Cause it's been, this is a huge game and you should have testers yeah. on this. Anyway. I don't think they knew what they wanted to achieve. I think they had too many people say, let's tell this great Avengers story. And then a whole other team say, no, no, we need to make money. This is a game to the service game. Let's gem together. Yeah. And it just, none of it gels to me. It seems like there were two separate games that have been merged into one. And there are some good parts there. I would love it if it was like a seven, eight hour campaign focused game, which that's not what Square Enix wants at all. They wanted this long tail, you know, this is going to last into next gen. You're going to keep playing and keep buying cosmetics type of game. And yeah, it just, it doesn't feel like if there's, I'm only going to play maybe one of those a year. Destiny probably has the monopoly on that at the moment, especially coming into Game Pass. That's not what you guys should have done here. It just doesn't quite work for me. Well, like, and even to the point where, and this isn't a spoiler really because like you can use whoever you want and you get to the end of the quest chain, there's like this big group moment where they just have like a whole bunch of people in a room and whoever you are playing as, the game decides to spawn the entirety of the Avengers team and also the character you're playing as and you. So there's like the Avengers and like two of whomever you are. Hmm. Like, 100% of the time, it's not like a little, like, bug or something. Like, it's happening to everybody who gets to that cutscene. 
So how did Square or Crystal Dynamics not see that and fix it before the game came out? Because it's like, it's that, it's the, it's the weird like Assassin's Creed Unity where like the faces were melting. Like it's just like, oh, that's, once that's out in the world, you can't fix that. What are you doing? It's, it's, yeah. yeah. It's a cash grab in my mind. So if you really like the Avengers, give it like a month and it'll be like games as a service that get better. But like, mm. it shouldn't be a games as a service in the first place. So, yeah. Uh The other big game out this period this month is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 Remastered. Anthony Hawk's back. Uh, I've been playing this. I think you played a little bit. I think Jay did the review for the yeah, site. Yeah, I did multiplayer. Uh, this, is, this is one of the many... There's three games. This is like a month of remakes, remasters, basically. You've got an up port with Mario. You've got a remaster here. And then you get a remake of Mafia at the end of the month. So it's, And Amalur. It's, so oh, forget about right. Amalur. That, I don't know what that one is. I think that's a, a remaster maybe or a port. <laughs> I don't know. A remaster. <laughs> a, a re-reckoning apparently. Anyway. I don't know what that means. I, uh, neither. This one is... You didn't get code. Hmm, okay. Well, Sorry. I don't really mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is in that uh, Activision has done a great job of getting these PS1 games back up to speed. So they've done it with Crash, done it with Spyro, and they've done it again here. So they've taken the first two games. I believe the third one was on PS2, which is probably why 3 and 4 will be a separate thing uh, based on how well this is probably going to sell. Yeah. It still plays like a PS1 game to me, mostly, with the exception of I think the camera is probably a lot better than it was back then. Um, it looks a lot better. The levels are all really small and really basic, which is PS1. So they, they haven't gone to try to remake these and change it up at all. It's the, it handles as it did back then, which is actually really tough and a lot slower than a modern skating game would be. I think a lot of the time you can't get the speed that you'd expect to get uh, to just easily jump. You need to kind of figure out how to do it. So that was all part of it. I don't remember being good at this game ever and I'm terrible at it now. So I think I must have been better when I was 12. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it does the crash level of bringing back the nostalgia of this is in your mind what it looked like and this is what it played like. Go watch it on YouTube. This is not what it looked like at all. This is how you thought it looked. So uh, that's an ideal remake or remaster really from yep. that era. They've done it. I don't know if they've got any more games they can bring out and polish up again. They're running out. Oh, Activision has, well, they might have the license for a whole bunch of Star Trek games that if they want to put them out, I would buy the shit out of them. But um, I don't think not. they're going to remaster license yeah. the game because they're going to lose them again. They're just going to want those IP, which they have. Uh, and to be fair, the Tony Hawk series went downhill not long after this. Like three and four were still good. I think that was like the PS2 Xbox era. Uh, then they moved to like experimental stuff. There was one on Wii where you had a physical skateboard. I think it was called Ride or Ride. something. Ride, yeah garbage uh there were a couple of others in there what were they called there was like well they downhill. did it like they did a remaster of one and maybe two at mm. the same time just one maybe like that 2014 was a, and it was that garbage was just, as well that wasn't even a remaster that was like a straight up hd port basically that's why it was so garbage <laughs> this is way better than that uh five was a disaster where the game wasn't on the disc you put the disc in your console and it would say download the entire game all you have is the menu basically Nice. I recall that on this podcast. You could probably go through the last hundred episodes. It's in there somewhere. Uh, You've got time, Victorians. Just yeah. <laughs> do it. Listen to- <laughs> so they brought it back from the brink. They've gone back to what works. Pretty cool. There's, it is. I do like the two-minute levels. Like you're restricted to two-minute runs constantly. And it 
it's a game where if I've got 20 minutes to kill, I will go play because I know it's not a big time sink. You're in there. Yeah. And you've got those objectives to get. So are you ticking things off? It's actually, it's the old version of achievements. It's you need to get these 10 different things in this level. Uh, You don't need to get all of them to progress. You need to get probably 70% to unlock the next stage. Uh, But the completionist in me decides, oh, there's going to be a tick next to that. So I want it. If that wasn't (laughs) there, I don't care. So yeah, it's, it's, I think it's pretty cool. Nice. We've got like 10 minutes. We, we set ourselves like a, a time limit of an hour. Okay. Which is like a, this is a double episode, Ben. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about two games and I've completely forgotten about what those two games were. What was the you first had one? NBA 2K21, oh, yeah, which I didn't know you were a basketball fan. I am not, but we got it and I decided I was going to play it. And the reason I wanted to decide to play it was because it kind of started this whole sports game career mode, like proper career mode thing um, that FIFA's taken up in the journey, I think it's called. Yeah, that's done. And Madden's doing, and I know I realize that we're talking about 2K properties and EA properties, but like NHL is my jam and NHL uh, this year will not be coming out on next gen because budget as per usual. Mm, But it will because it's backwards compatible, Steve. You can play it on whatever you want. But um, as a means of apology, they're beefing up their career mode to be more like the journey, more like a my career in NBA 2K. So I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my career and kind of try to get a sense of what to expect. Um, and I like it, but it's weird. It feels like I've I've only played through high school, college. I think I've just made the NBA, and it's very scripted to the point where. I don't think I can win or lose a game without NBA 2K te- like deciding that I can. Yeah, if this and is I get same, like injured because like they've decided I get injured at this point. It's it's very strange. If it's the same as a journey, which it sounds like it is, there will be certain games that you can win or lose that don't matter. They're pretty much just filler games. Yeah, uh, where you're getting some skill points, which don't really matter either. And then there will be ones where if you lose you get a, would you like to retry? And you just have to say yes, because you oh, need to, you've lost, you but you, you can't lose that game for the story. Well, I went from getting stomped, trying my hardest. And there's like, there's no tutorials at the start of the game unless you go and try to find them. And I figured out how to do that now. It's called my you or something. I don't know, everything's my in NBA 2K. Um, I went from getting stomped, like literally, I think we got beat by 40 points to then the next game, we beat the next team by like 30 points. And I'm like, well, I haven't gotten better at this game yet to, to be able to do at least that, uh, that much of a spread. So it's weird. Like, I kind of like it. I like, I like that there's a narrative. I like the, there's a whole bunch of cutscenes, so many cutscenes with a whole bunch of famous people that I don't care about enough to like stop and think like, Ooh, a famous person. Um, it's kind of cool but also a bit strange. And I don't know if I actually want it for NHL. The problem with NHL is that there's like a hundred games to play each season and like making the commitment to play through a hundred games of, I don't know what, 20, 25 minutes each. That's a long, that's a long commitment. So like, I want to find some sort of sweet spot where less narrative maybe and, and less game the games to play and like some sort of in the middle thing i don't know i'm I'm, kind of, I'm still trying to form all these thoughts in my head that was the mm. one game i want to talk about the other one i want to talk to you about because we've both been playing it is an old game it's called new super lucky's tale or 
maybe its original version of Super Lucky's Tale, um, which the new version has been on Xbox Game Pass for like what two or three weeks? Something like that, yeah. And we, how, why are you playing it? Is I guess my question. I, I playing well because it was in Game Pass. Is why I play anything that's in Game Pass. <laughs> I played it because I played the original one probably three years ago, whenever that came out, and I recall enjoying it. But it was a standard six out of ten game. It was a bit dodgy at some points, a bit unfinished. So mm. I wanted to see what they had changed. Uh, I'm not going to lie; if there weren't new achievements for it, I wouldn't have played it. Uh, now, in my, it's a classic case. It's only been three years, but it's a classic case of, in my mind, this is how I remember the last game being. And I had to watch some of it on YouTube to be like, oh, no, they've fixed it a lot. They've oh, big time. Given, the main thing they've fixed is they've given it a proper camera. So before, I don't, it was a real dodgy one. This is the full three, 3D rotation where you can do what you want. You can actually see where the platforms you're jumping onto are. Yeah. Uh, they've reworked all the hubs, how they work, basically. So it just... It flows a lot better. I think they've improved his control a bit. That's the one I'm unsure well, and, about. And and that so I've been playing because I reviewed Super Lucky's Tale, so I have the code for that game. I think it might have been on Game Pass, but they've like swapped. It was it out at some point. Super yeah, Lucky. So I, I have both still, and I'm playing the old and the new at the same time because I'm like oh, I should just get all the achievements because it's me. You know that's how I do. Um, and they've redone the level design in most levels. They've made the control of uh, lucky like just super fluid in comparison to the original where like he will just do all the things you expect him to do by hitting the buttons whereas in the original there's just like this weird delay and it's just it's infinitely easier in terms of difficulty and controls but like in a really rewarding way which is really really fun so uh, i really like it and if you have game pass i would recommend playing the, the new version at least and if you have access to the non-new version as well but um less so because it's kind of garbage yeah, just play the new one i think it's a bit too easy at times <laughs> except the just the last boss actually really ramped up the difficulty initially uh no, oh you haven't got there yet no uh, i haven't yeah it's just compared to the rest of the game it's surprisingly challenging but you once you figure out what you need to do you've got it pretty easily uh, I, I do think it's another one of those games which is a good little 20 minute, maybe actually 45 minute burst because you can, it's broken down into those levels. You can set yourself, I just want to finish this level or this world. Uh, and it just, it's a nice little react, relax, relaxing game. So Yeah, and relaxing, but there's enough to do. Like you have to get 300 coins per level. You have to find a hidden page by mm-hmm. like finding a, like a, a portal usually somewhere. Uh, you need to, to find the letters lucky out like, not, that's that's a word i get it the, the letters that spell out lucky um and you need to finish the level and it's engaging enough that like you don't have to put too much thought into it but you can it's it's quite good i'd recommend it it's a good little game pass game and i think that pretty much ends us for this episode i think we're there we hit our hour i think we're pretty yes. close close enough. how do we find you on the interwebs Ben. Uh, I am Ben underscore Salter on Twitter, where pretty much all I'm doing at the moment is tweeting how good the prices of the console are compared to EB trading. That seems to be my main tweeting at the moment. How do we find you? Well, I, I heard you're doing something about games or something in the next day or two, potentially. Or did something I, about I just, games? I thought you were writing something about games. Oh, I, I, I wrote something already. It's ready to go. I just need Boom. a title for it. It's well, actually... That, well, I'll help you with the title. That'll go up tomorrow, the day of recording. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Today you can read something <laughs> about why I think it's still exciting to get a new console despite the lack of games. In this year, it is... You just go read it. 
when I think of a title for it. I'm excited. Uh, I'm S Wright AU on things and you can read all of our stuff on Survivor and tell us what you think about the Xbox Series S, the X. Hell, by the time we put this up, maybe you know the price of the PS5 for all we know. Mm. It's been one of those weeks. So just like, let us know. Hit up the website. That's it, actually. Don't phone me or anything. Don't email me. No, that's it. Yeah, we'll be back that. in about two weeks, roughly, unless there's a PS5 announcement before then. <laughs>